You ever heard somebody said, God said? God said. Now, I'm not talking about quoting from Scripture. I'm talking about an instance in their life where they said that they received a word from God about something. And he said, God said. You, you'll hear people come up and they'll tell you, hey, I'm doing such and such. Really? Why? Because God told me to. Okay. You've heard me say it. We're in a series called Go Time. And I told you, I said that God said it is time for us as a people to rise up and walk in our callings. And y'all said yes. I said God said, and y'all said yes. How y'all know God told me that? How do, how do you know God said? You know, there's times in our lives where we question if we've heard God. We're wondering. I think I heard God. I'm, I'm not sure. And there are times where the situation that you face in life is not spelled out in the Word of God. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Like, which job you're supposed to take. That's not in there. Who you're supposed to marry. Now, there's some general qualifications in there. and I, I think some of you ought to read it. Okay, before you go, you know, messing up. All right. I don't know how many times I've had people. I like, mm, yeah, bad choice, bad choice. Now he does say something in there about that, but but there are times you've got equally good opportunities in front of you, right? That's when you know that God really trusts you when He gives you two really good options, and you're like, ooh, which one? And you'll hear people say, God said. So I want us to walk through today how we can know that God has said something. When I look at Scripture, there's this amazing thing that happens. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. But the Scriptures are written after the battles are fought. You ever thought about that? They fought the battles. And then somebody wrote it after it was all said and done. So a lot of times we'll read something and we'll go, Oh, okay, God said in Judges chapter 6, God says seven times to Gideon, seven things. Seven things. And most of us would read Judges chapter 6, and we would say, God said, and we would move on. What we would not understand is, or put ourselves in the place of this man Gideon, put ourselves in his place of being in a position to have to figure out if what you heard is really what God said. So I am grateful today that we get to look at this life of Gideon. Because you know that most of the battles are actually fought in one on the inside before they're ever fought in one on the outside. Amen. Most of what happens in your life, that battle was fought and won in silence between you and God, somewhere in a quiet place, and nobody ever saw you fighting. When you came out and you had a word from God and you moved in that word of God, people saw you fighting and they saw you winning. But what they didn't realize was there was a battle that went on that nobody saw. And that's where you won. That's the place where the victory was won. It was won in the battle of, is this God? And what is He telling me? And, mm, are you ready for this? Am I willing to do what he says? Yeah. Can I tell you today that if you don't have any desire to follow God, then you don't need to know what he says. 
Yeah. We ought to check up like right there and say, do I even want to know? Do I even want to do the will of God? Because if you don't want to do it, don't ask Him for it. Because then you're responsible for it. Yeah. So, so are we willing? And you know what? I've looked out across here. I think y'all want to do it. I think you're a group of people that says, I want to follow God. I want to know that I'm hearing the word of God. So let's, let's get into this thing. It's Judges chapter 6. The situation is this. Israel has been conquered, so to speak, by the Midianites. Now, the, the Midianites didn't come in and just take over complete control. It's actually far worse than that. Midian will let Israel plant their, their uh, crops. They'll let them plant the wheat. They'll let them plant the barley. They'll let the sheep begin to, to mate and all those things. Here's what Midian does though. They wait until it becomes time to harvest. Then they attack and steal the harvest. Any of you ever felt like you sow and sow and sow, but something always comes and steals your harvest? You like you feel like you're like, I got it this time. I've put the work in, I've done everything, I'm right there on the brink of this thing, and then something happens, it all gets taken away. Something comes in and destroys it. Something comes in and devours it. This is the position that we that we find Israel in. And Gideon, look at where he is. Verse 11, it says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree. Now you need to ask yourself, because this was written after the story, ask yourself this, how did Gideon know it was the angel of the Lord? Just put that back there. How did he, how did he know? Then the angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. So there he is, Gideon, trying to beat out a living. Any of you ever felt like that? He's actually beating out wheat. But when I look at him, I'm like, here's a man just trying to beat out a living. And oftentimes we find ourselves in that position. We're just trying to make it. Just trying to get by. Can I tell you that God may be coming to the person who all you really wanted in life was just to get by, to pay your bills, and all of a sudden the Lord's going to come and He wants to disrupt that. Can I tell you that... that he wants to send a messenger to you to say, you know what? I have bigger plans for your life than just beating out a living, than, than just making ends meet. So he comes and he disrupts this man who Gideon says, you know, it's all I can do. They keep stealing all my stuff. I don't think I'm ever going to get ahead. So I'm going to hide out here in this wine press, beat out a little bit of grain for my family and just call it a day in life. Oh, but then the angel of the Lord shows up. And the angel of the Lord, verse 12, appeared to him and said. Everybody say, and said. The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Mm. We've preached on that before. It's interesting how God sees us the way He intends us to be, not how we really are in the present. He looks at Gideon and he sees a valiant warrior. Gideon looks at himself and sees a guy just trying to beat out a living, hiding in a wine press. There are times when God says something about you and you will go, what, who, me? Yeah. Really, you talking to me? 
And so Gideon has one of those moments. Hmm, you talking to me? Look at verse 13. And then Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? That phrase there, Oh, Lord, if the Lord, that Oh, Lord is Sir. See, he doesn't know he's talking to God right now. He thinks he's looking at a messenger who just sprung up behind him. You know how when somebody comes up behind you and you didn't see him coming? He sees this person and he doesn't know he's talking to a messenger of God. So he says, sir. What does he say? Sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Mm. On occasions, because of our circumstances, we will say to God, God, if you are with us, then why? You ever been praying and you're like, oh, is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? <laughs> you ever had that question run through you? Oh, yeah. Like you, you've heard this thing. Now, when we, most of us, when we say we heard this thing, we hear it in that sort of internal testament with our spirit, the spirit of God resonating with our spirit. But there's that something in there that goes, is that God? And then you run through all the, the available options, right? Is it God? Is it me? Is it the devil? And here's the thing that I love. And y'all don't seem to love it nearly as good as me. I pre If you're just joining this, y'all, any of y'all that are new, I preached this a couple weeks ago and nobody got it, I don't think. This blows me away. When God called Moses, he shows up in a burning bush and God calls him. And Moses is like, he raises his hand. He says, I got a question. Who are you? And what is your name? He doesn't know God. Moses didn't know God. And then here, God sends a messenger of the Lord and Gideon says, if you will hold on just a minute, I'm going to go get something because I need to know if this is you, God. Can I tell you that most of the time, the people who do the greatest work in the kingdom of God are not good church folk? I'll say it again. Most of the time, that do the, the people that do the greatest work for the Lord are not good church folk. It's people that don't even know who's calling them. <laughs> it's, it's people that when God calls them, they're like, who, me? Who, who are you? Yeah, they don't even know God well. It's because when God touches a person like that, they're marked for life. They're like, I didn't choose God. God chose me. Is there anybody in the room like that? You're like, I didn't choose God. He chose me. He came and got me. He came and visited me like Gideon. I was in a bad spot. And he came and got me. And so I will tell you that most of the time, God is moving through people. That's why I don't want you to discount yourself, okay? That's why there might be somebody in the room and you think, he can't use me. He's going to use the people that grew up in a Christian home. Or he's going to use the people who can quote the Bible from you know, chapter and verse. He's going to use people who, who pray great prayers. Can I tell you, he calls people and they don't even know his name. They're not even sure it's him. Gideon says, if you'll hold on just a minute, I'm going to get some stuff. And he's going to get some food. He wants to make an offering. 
And he wants to give this food, and he, and he wants to somehow try to figure out if this is God. Well, we got to fast forward real quick. This messenger of the Lord tells Gideon, put all that food on this rock, pour it with broth, and then this messenger who has a staff that, remember, Gideon's still not sure who this is. He's trying to figure out if it's God. This messenger takes that staff, touches this rock, and it says that fire comes up from the rock and consumes it all. And the angel disappears. And at that point, Gideon says, yep, that's God. <laughs> and I don't need to be around God. He didn't want to be around God. You know why? Because he knew his sinful condition. He knew that he and his people had turned their back on God. And he said, I, I can't even stand in your presence. <laughs> but God said... <laughs> Can you say that? Can you say, and God said? And God said. Verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God looks at him and says, Gideon, I didn't come to kill you. <laughs> I came to make you fully alive. Can I tell you that? If there's anybody and you are hiding in your sin and you are scared that somebody's going to find out, maybe even God, you're trying to figure out a way to hide it from God. Can I tell you that He already knows? And that God doesn't want to destroy you in your sin. He wants to destroy the sin. Burn it up. And set you free to live at peace with Him. So, He figures out that it's, that it's God. Can I tell you that God will come to you in ways that you're not familiar? He'll speak to you through somebody that you don't even like. <laughs> you ever had that happen? He will speak to you from somebody that you don't even like them. He'll, he'll speak to you in line in the grocery store and your attitude is not right. You are mad at the people who have too many items in front of you and you just want to get home. And you look at a magazine from the Inquirer and you know God's not in that magazine and yet something speaks to you there. He speaks to us in all kind of ways. His favorite thing is through His Word. But He will speak in countless ways and you'll have to ask yourself, is that God? But He, he settles that. He realizes that it's God. And now there's a, an initial... Uh, time where he has to obey can I tell you that once you realize that God is speaking you got a choice to make you're going to have to decide if you're going to obey or not Amen. and so Gideon has to decide if he's going to obey and I'll cover this just in speaking and so we can move on in 25 and 26 God tells him this he says Gideon I'm going to need you to go to your father's house I'm going to need you to tear down some idols and I'm going to need you to build an altar for me before the Lord. And the bulls that you use to tear down the altar, I need you to make a sacrifice for me. And Gideon says, Okay. And he takes it that you ever done that? You're like, Okay. Go and follow God. This thing's going to put me at risk. I got to go tear down some idols. And I got to build an altar to God. Okay, he gets up a group of people. He says, we're going to go do it at night where nobody will see us go. <laughs> you ever tried to follow God in hiding? You ever tried to be a Christian in hiding? Huh? You, you, you know, 
when you get to work, there are not a lot of Christians around you and you decide at that moment, you're like, look, I'm going to just kind of lay low. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian. You know, so if, if they cussing, I'm cussing. If they talking about crazy stuff, I talk about crazy stuff. I'm just kind of laying low. I ain't throwing stones. When I was in high school, I was a Christian, but wouldn't nobody hardly known because I was undercover. I was an I was an undercover agent of the Lord. I like my heart said I want to follow you, but I'd get around people that wasn't, and I try to act like them. You ever done that? Yeah. So what does Gideon do? He's like, I'm gonna tear it down at night where nobody sees it. That way I can make sure it gets done. I will tell you that if you are going to follow God, and if you are going to follow the will of God for your life, which is bigger than you are, you'll have to come out of hiding. Yeah. Any Christians in the room hiding? It's time to come out. It's time to come out. It's time to let the people at work know that you're a follower of Christ. It's time to let your family know that you have decided another path for your life. That as for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. It's time for you to let your friends know, I still love you and I'm still your friend. But you know what? I got another path in life. I'm going to need you to follow me or either I'm going to have to chart my own course. Because I got to come out of hiding in order to follow God. You will have to come out of hiding to follow God. And so He has to tear down. Mm. If you are a new believer and if you have walked far from God, there's often a period in your life where you have to do some demolition. You got to tear down some mindsets that are not healthy. You got to tear down some habits that are not good for you. You got to tear down some some thoughts about who God is that doesn't line up with who He really is. You go through a period in your life where it feels like, Lord, all that's happening is stuff's getting torn down. It's like I'm in the demolition process of my life. If you've ever watched those shows on television, you know you can't build something unless you tear down the old stuff first. You, you can't build on top of rot. You can't keep painting over rot. You have got to tear that stuff out so that you can rebuild again. And so there's this demolition process and then this building process and then this making a stand process that says, yep, I'm with God. If nobody else is with me, I'm with God. So he tears down these altars. And now he knows that he's going to have to go on and he's going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight this army that is bigger than him. And so in verse 36, by the way, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He blew a trumpet and all of the people started coming together. You see, once you start to make a stand for God, the people who want to make a stand for God too will want to move with you. You know, that there's a time where you got to see yourself as a leader whether you like it or not. You're like, I'm no leader. I'm preaching on that next week, by the way. I'll go on and tell you. It's Father's Day. Men, if you don't have plans, you know, your family going to come to you and they're going to ask you, Honey, what do you want to do for Father's Day? Tell them, I want to be at Ember. And I want to hear this word that, that Pastor Kevin is going to preach about being passionate for God. About leading well. And about how leading is nothing more than influence. Did you know that? Amen. Don't make leadership so big that you feel like you can't fit in it. Leadership is simply influencing the people around you. 
And I want to tell you how to do that next week. And so people begin to gather around him. Now he's got a big old army. He's got to go out and fight an army that's bigger than that. And he says, look at verse 36, And then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. Now God's already spoken it, right? He's already said it. But Gideon's got a few doubts in his mind. You ever realized, okay, I've heard God. But then you got a few doubts. You're trying to make sure it's God. Now Gideon begins to test God. And the question throughout the church is always, are you supposed to test God or not? Now here's what Gideon does. He lays down a fleece. He takes an old sheep's fleece. He sets it on the floor. He tells God, he says, God, I just want to make sure. So here's what we're going to do, God. Hmm. He says, I want you to make the dew, make the fleece wet, but all the ground around it dry. God doesn't say a word at that point. There's no record of God saying a word. It just happens. And Gideon goes, ooh, okay. And then, look at what he says. Verse 39, then Gideon said to God, do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. He says, Let's just test it in the reverse just to make sure. You ever done that with God? You say, God, if you just confirm for me that this is your will, I'm ready to go. God confirms it. You say, God, please don't get mad. But yeah, if you just do it one more time. But this time do it in the reverse. He says, this time I want you to to make the ground wet and I want you to make the fleece dry. God doesn't say a word, just does it. And the question that many of us should ask is this. Are we supposed to test God or not? And my answer would be, well, it depends on how you test Him. And let me see if I can explain that to you. So the devil comes to Jesus over in Matthew. I believe it's uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 7. And he says... You know, if you're God, I mean, if, if God is with you, you ought to do this. And Jesus looks at the devil and he says, haven't you read that you're not to test God? So from that you would think you're not supposed to test God. But Jesus is quoting a verse from Deuteronomy 6.16, where God said that we shouldn't test God in the ways that they did at Massa and Meribah. Now, what is he talking about there? There he's talking about when Israel was mad because they were thirsty and they wanted water and they were looking at God and saying, God, you said you were going to be with us. If you're going to be with us, then you need to give us something to drink. Do you see what they're doing? They're saying, if you are who you say you are, you need to do this or we ain't doing nothing. Oh, now you see the heart in that, don't you? If you don't do this, I'm not, we're, we're not going anymore. We're just going to die in the desert. So from that you would think it is not wise to test God. But then in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 12, there's a man named Ahaz. And he looks at Ahaz, God says, test me. And Ahaz says, no, I don't don't need a test. I don't need a test. And God says, well, I'm going to send you proof anyway that I am who I am. And that I will do what I say I'll do. And then in Malachi, it says that God will pour out. His blessings from heaven. And he says, test me in this. And I'll prove that I'm who I am. So if I'm reading all that, I'm confused at this point, Tanya. 
I'm like, what am I supposed to do? It looks, sometimes it feels like I'm supposed to test God. Sometimes it feels like I'm not supposed to test God. Well, let's go back to Gideon. I think we can make it clear. God says, Gideon, I got a test for you. See, Gideon's been wanting to test God. Now God says, God, Midian, I got a, I mean, Gideon, I've got a test for you. He said, you got 32,000 people have assembled around you. He said, that's way too big of an army. Gideon said, oh, I was thinking it wasn't big enough. He said, I'm going to need you to test them, and we're going to send some of them home. He said, ask them if they're afraid. And if they're afraid, tell them they can go home. And 22,000 of the 32,000 got up and left. Now, we got to be good Bible scholars here, right? we got to ask some good questions. So let's ask you a good question. 22,000 people have to go home because they're scared. But Gideon's scared. So why doesn't Gideon have to go home? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm glad you thought of it and asked me that. <laughs> 22,000 people have to go home because they're scared, but the leader of this gang, he's scared too. So why doesn't Gideon have to go home? <laughs> Because God called him. And Gideon has a different heart. The 22,000 were sent home because they didn't want to go fight. He sent them home because they didn't have a heart for it. They didn't want to do it. They were comfortable beating out a living. Are you listening? They were comfortable beating out a living. So God said, if they're scared and they don't want to fight, send them home and let them go back and beat out a living. Their heart is not in this. Gideon is afraid. But Gideon's heart is, God, if this is you, and this is what you've told me to do, then deep down inside of me, I want to go kill some Midianites. I want to go defeat the enemy. I want to go and set my people free. Please tell me you got that. Yes, sir. Huh? If you got that, give me a little clap. That's the difference in testing God. If you're testing God because you're mad and you're trying to get God to prove Himself to you, He says, I don't have to do that. But if you're the type of person that says, God, I want to follow you and I want to do your will, but I'm scared and I just need to know if you're in this thing then God says, I can work with that. I can work with that. So 22,000 people get to go home because they didn't want to fight anyway. But Gideon finds out that God is in this thing, and he says, all right, let's go do it. Let's, let's go. So, <laughs> so I have a completely different respect for this man, Gideon. People read this story of Gideon and they say Gideon's a coward. They say Gideon has no faith. I will tell you, Gideon is a man who understands the weight of his leadership. Amen. He understands the weight of his decisions. Mamas, daddies, you ever realized that you had to make decisions for your family and those things were weighty? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, you've had to make some. And I bet you you were like, God, is this you? And God, am I doing what you've asked me to do? Because your heart was in it. You wanted to do the right thing. You just needed to make sure. And so here is Gideon. He wants to get it right. He knows that there are lives at stake. That this thing's going to cost him. He's got a son. 
Later on, you see it. I got a son. Those of you who, he just nodded his head, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you who have kids, you know the pressure of a decision that affects your kids, right? And it makes you want to get it right. Not only that, but I have you guys that I love and I respect. And I have a pastor friend. He's like, I don't know how you get that church to do all the stuff that they do. I'm like, because they got a heart for God. And I said, that puts pressure on me as a leader. Because I know that if I tell them to do something, y'all go do it. (laughs) We were having a prayer time one day and Jeff Wade came up to me and he said, Kevin, he said, you know, at the end of the day, we trust you and we believe that you hear God. And he says, if you tell us that God is in this thing, he said, we're with you. Yeah. You know what that does to a leader? It makes you get down on your knees and it says, God, please let me know that this is you. And God, please let me know that I'm leading this people right. Because I don't want to hurt anybody because I love these people. And then he knew that what he was calling them to might get some of them hurt. It might get some of them killed. Can I tell you that if you're going to get involved with God, you're going to put some people at risk? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't even want to hear that, did you? If you're going to follow God, you'll have to on occasion put some people in jeopardy, at risk. You'll have to put them in a situation where it might not work out. In fact, we find out that Gideon and his brothers had already tried to fight. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. But over in chapter 8, he approaches this enemy army and they start talking about these men and he said, yeah, those are my brothers, you killed them. You see, his brothers had already tried to fight this battle before. They fought it and lost. Can I tell you that one of the challenges of following God is if you fought before and lost. Can I speak to anybody like that today? That you you were ready, you went into something and you fought but you lost and you got hurt and some people around you got hurt and now you're a little gun shy about doing it again and can I tell you that when I look at Gideon he's saying people have gotten hurt before but I want you to be like Gideon he says but if I know it's God I'll try it again I'll go again Can I tell you that some of you have visions for your life, you have dreams, and there are times that a vision will have to die and be born again. You see, they had this dream that they were going to conquer Midian, but it died when his brothers died. And they said, you know what? We got it wrong. Most people who have something has stirred in their heart, many of them will go through a period in their life where that vision dies. And you're like, yep. I can't do it. I don't know what else to do. It's lost. I'll never be able to do it again. (laughs) Can I tell you, we celebrate a resurrected Savior who was buried in a tomb, but three days rose again to prove to us that sometimes the seed has to fall in the ground and die before it can be sprouted back up into new life. I don't know what happened to his brothers. Maybe they went out in their own strength. And sometimes we do. And you go out in your own strength, and a lot of times you'll get your hiney beat. And you'll go, oh, Lord. And, but what you realize is, I don't ever want to do that again. 
I don't ever want to go in my own strength again. So God, if I'm going, I'm not going in my own strength. I'm going in your strength. I just need to make sure you're with me. There are, there are times where you, you hear something from God and you think that the timing is right and you run into it. And the thing you forgot to ask was, God, now? Mm, yeah, some of you young lions out there. Some of these young lions, you hear something from God and you're ready to charge into it. And an old lion will look at you and say, don't forget to ask Quinn. Because not everything is now. Sometimes God will give you something. He'll say, now sit on it for a little bit. And I'll get you ready. But nah, the young lion, he goes out and he says, I got it. Here I go. Boom. Come back, your tail's between your legs. I know, I've done it. I didn't ask the timing of God. Amen. Amen. So when Gideon, when Gideon's testing, he wants to know that he's heard from God because people are at risk. And here's one I want to say very personally, and then I got to change gears real quick. For some of you, you came in here today and basically your goal in life was to beat out a living. And God says, I would like more for your life. I've got something better for you. But you're going to have to step out. And you're going to have to quit being an undercover Christian. And you're going to have to declare before God and man who you stand for. You've got to make it clear. You got to go through the demolition process so that you can go through the construction process and then you stand for me. And he says, Feel free to test me on this because I know that you're not testing me because you don't want to do it. You're testing me because you want to get it right. You want to make sure that you're hearing from me. And I will confirm that for you. And so I want to tell you that Gideon's nobody to laugh at. In fact, Gideon is someone to model that says, God, I've got a heart for you. Just make sure I got it right. 